Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I am Bill Price. And today we join you from our bunker in <laughs> 20 feet underground, which is full of toilet paper. Uh, no, it is not. And no, we are not there. We are just at our usual spot. But uh, it's a weird time and a weird day. But I guess if you're going to do anything, the best thing you can probably do is hang out at home and play some board games. So let's talk about right. that. Yeah, and not party games. Yes, We're talking yeah, like yeah. two to four player games. Yeah. Um, yes. Not so. inviting your friends who just got back from Europe to come over and have a... Yeah. <laughs> tell us all about the trip and let's play some games. That might be a good Skype game <laughs> right now. Um, so uh, what we're going to do is because tomorrow, well, if, if you're getting this uh, Monday morning, uh, tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. And so in honor of St. Patrick's Day, we're going to uh, talk about some luck and some chance. Yeah. So, but first, we're going to talk about what we always talk about, which is what have we been playing? What have we been playing? What have you been playing? I have been playing um, uh, a couple of uh, just rehashes of ones. Uh, the one I got a game, I got a game of Fantasy Realms in with full compliment. Uh, that was our kickoff game for uh game night when i showed up and uh, of course kevin crushed it because kevin was involved yeah he, kevin got i'm gonna look up the score actually kevin's weirdly savant about that game and i have no idea it's, why it's astounding it, uh, so kevin's score was 278 points and the next closest to him didn't even break 200 we had a, a matt um got 194 and that was matt's first time playing so that's impressive enough in yeah. itself but my God, Kevin just destroyed us by yeah, like over usually, 80 points. Usually if you can get to 180 or more, you're more likely going to be... Yeah, you're be, pretty, doing pretty good. You're going to win or be number two or three for sure. For sure. But yeah, 200... You said 280? Uh, 278. 278? So almost, yeah, almost 80. And he, That's unheard of. It's Absolutely. ridiculous. I don't, I don't think ridiculous. I've ever seen that score yeah. before. I was all proud one time. I did like 220 yeah. something. It's yeah. like my yeah, all-time Breaking best. 200 is just like, whoo, I'm doing pretty good. That's what yeah. I felt. I had, well, no, actually I did terrible. Kirsten and I were at the bottom of the pack um, at uh, like uh, around 160 is where we landed. And then everyone else did better than us. But my God, Kevin with 278. I was just like, that's. I've never seen anyone get that high. Yeah, I, I wasn't 100% sure you could get that high. Uh, <laughs> unless, like, you had one of a certain combination. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's that's weird. Um, great game, though. I yeah. really like it. I haven't, I haven't played it in a couple weeks, but I really like it. Um, I actually got a play-in of a kind of old favorite, old favorite now, um, and that is Carpe Diem by uh, oh, Stefan yeah. Feld. And uh, we've, we've talked about this game pretty in depth before, so I'm not necessarily going to go too too far into it. But um, Larry wanted to, to play it because uh, our friend John is in town, and he's kind of new to board games, but he's uh, he's been playing a lot. And so he's uh, he also has a very analytical mind, so he's... Uh, He's kind of beyond the super basics. So, right. uh, so Larry's like, I think he'd really like this. And uh, this may be one of Larry's favorite games ever. Like, it's right up there with Space yeah. Space for him. He gushes about this game. And uh, and I really like Carpe Diem, too. I'm, I'm awful at it. I'm not sure I've ever won. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure I've ever come close to winning. Uh, but I would play it. I play it all the time. I would play it all the time. Um, every time I play it, I'm like, why am I not 
playing this more? <laughs> uh, why, why did this go out of rotation? Because it, it's, t- it's a little tough to teach, I think, right off the bat. Sure. Uh, for yeah. me, I think is is the issue. If, if it's a bunch of people who knew how to play uh, and got together, I would play this all the time. It does play fairly quickly though, too, which is actually kind of refreshing for a game like that, a Euro game like that. You you usually uh, takes a little bit more of a time commitment there. But um, yeah, I really really liked it. Uh, we had a very unusual um, combination of scoring cards that were really difficult usually you have a few easy ones and and then some tougher ones for later but these were all tough and we did the whole a b c and d so we were in the right proportions and everything so it wasn't like we did anything wrong or just uh in the very beginning it was uh, the first round or two it was really tough to uh nobody scored both right and it was really tough to even score one of them we had uh definitely had a couple people miss on those for the first round or two and have to take the negative four points so um whereas i most of the other times that i've played it we've had a couple of really easy scoring patterns at the beginning that you're like okay i'm gonna kind of go for those and that's sort of the uh you know the the light work over (laughs) there and um low-hanging fruit so to speak but uh, no, no low hanging fruit. All of the fruit was squarely in the middle or well out of reach. So, yes. um, but it ended, ended up, uh, it was a lot of scoring later in the game. So, right, right. Uh, because we were able to accomplish a lot of those much later. So, um, yeah, definitely reminded me why I like it so much. Uh, if you have not checked out Carpe Diem and you like, uh, Euro games and you think Stefan Feld's fine then you should try this game. Yeah, you really uh, I think you'll, should. I think you'll really like it. I've, I've had my complaints, but it is a really solid game. Yeah, outside of the coloring issues. Uh, oh, yeah, God. Because it's very difficult to tell certain things apart. It's very difficult to uh, to distinguish sometimes like one building from another. Or um, especially like the, the... Everyone seems to have trouble with the light and back light and dark backs of the tiles right. yeah they're uh, so close yeah most people are like i can't tell the difference for i'm colorblind so i for some reason can see like a huge difference between the two so i'm the one who sorts them because i'm like the only one who can tell uh, but it's super obvious for me and so i i, I guess it has its benefits sometimes <laughs> i mean it can't always be a tough go for colorblind yeah. people but um but yeah i i uh, i really enjoyed it that's really the only game I think that I played last week. So, um, I had just a couple other quick ones. I um, played uh, around of Grifters. I've been kind of rediscovering my love of Grifters lately. Oh, I like Grifters. Yeah, a lot. I've been getting some plays in. I got it um, for uh, over the holidays as a gift, and so I've been breaking it out. And um, so that was fun to intro because I introduced it to a few different people. I think I think it was it was Kevin, Matt, Aaron, and myself that played, and I think it was everyone's first time. Kevin might have played it before. Now I can't remember. But, um, or no, wait. No, Matt had played it before. Anyway, one people, one person had played it before somebody the other two. It. Yeah, somebody had played it. And I'm pretty sure it was Matt. Um, no, anyway, I don't know. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I'm thinking of King of Tokyo, actually. Uh, and anyway, Matt uh, and Kevin and Aaron and I were playing it. And then, so it was interesting to interest to some people who hadn't played it and um, get their thoughts on it. Aaron ended up winning, uh, and he was totally surprised that he won. <laughs> so it was one of those things where Aaron 
uh, it was kind of funny to see his progression because he was not getting his engine going as well as he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it happens first time. It starts with this game. It's speaking of our topic of luck today. It's some, right. there's a huge degree of like luck off the draw on what kind of uh, specialists and basically what kind of powers you have available to you. And so Aaron was more of a slower build, but he was consistently doing what you need to do in this game, which is stealing a little bit here and there and mm -hmm. building up your pile of money. Um, it's all about money. It's all about money. And then uh, Kevin actually ended the game because he thought he was ahead and he was doing, he had his own quite a good pile. But then when we counted it up, I think Aaron, let's see, I think Aaron was beat him by, um, yeah, only 2,000 or 2 million, which is only two coins. But um, it was pretty close. And so despite not getting, feeling like he was getting a satisfying engine going, he he took it. And so once again, nice. that's the thing I like about the game is it isn't how good your hands are. It's how much it's how much money you got, how yeah. much money you can trickle in and paying attention through the course of the game of a, I'm going to rob a little bit here and here and here and just keep bringing it in, bringing it in. Because I've definitely lost this game uh, when, well, I lost that one, <laughs> but I lost this game previously with not paying attention to that because you really do have to. It's, it's so fun to play with combinations of characters. Mm -hmm. You can kind of forget to play the power of playing that one uh, thief card just to rob a little bit of money and right. get some money like but it's so necessary you just want to be like i'm gonna do the big jobs and the big payouts i'm gonna go rob an art gallery or whatever the ones yeah. are <laughs> <laughs> really target the art community for some reason because you know why not yeah <laughs> yeah way too much money yeah exactly artists so um anyway so uh yeah and then grifters uh got to play grifters that was really fun i really am enjoying that game i'm trying to play it every chance i can lately because it's such a fun quick one and then uh the only other thing i played was um i played the uh tales and games series the hare and the tortoise with mm, yes. uh those guys as well how'd that go Really well, actually. We before yeah, we that. really well, actually. So I, I've like the theme of that feels like such a kid game, um, but it's uh, it's a really it. I think it's more adults enjoy it more than you'd expect. It mm -hmm. has a really cool mechanism for the racing that is uh, very unique, and so I feel like there's there's enough strategy there. In fact, I, we, Jeff played that with us. And, um, Jeff and Aaron both, and well, we all like a lot of deeper strategy stuff. And so I wasn't sure if they would like it, but they, they enjoyed it. I think they, they got something out of it and thought it was a pretty interesting game. And, uh, so we, um, ended the night with that and that was a fun one to end with. And I think I'll, I'm going to start bringing that one again because it's so quick, it's unique and it sort of covers that little racing itch without having to get too deep into a racing game, mm -hmm. which I think our group isn't huge into racing games and no, I get that. I'm not huge into it myself, but I do like them. And so it's nice to have an option to do yeah. one real quick. I just like, I like the new unique card play in this. It's uh, it gives you a lot more strategy than I think a lot of, a lot of racing games are just, I, I don't know. They're, they are really luck. luck yeah. Based there's a lot of luck, there. Yeah. You're, you're just, it's kind of boring. I think sometimes some racing games because you're just trying to get from here to there before everybody else. And yeah. so it's kind of, there's this one, <laughs> track that you're just like there's one way to play right and, right. and so yeah uh, but but I, I really like the the card play in that game a lot so. yeah yeah that's another one i highly recommend anyone if you have an opportunity to check it out it's um it's just the yellow series the tales and game series i can't remember they had, they numbered them for a while it's in the first early days of the five when they look like books and had distinct numbers mm -hmm. but uh, i think it's like three or something like that but anyway it's a really good one i would definitely recommend checking out Great racing game. Really, really cool game. All right. So before we get into our uh, top luck-based games, um, I would like to talk a little bit about kind of luck and chance in general. Yeah. Um, so 
for you personally, um, what what do you look for as far as uh, how much luck versus how much strategy? And does it depend on uh, what kind of game it is? Does it depend on on uh, how quickly it plays, how many players it plays? Like, what's what do you kind of look for in that range between like? war and chess <laughs> right <laughs> you know? yeah because like with war it's like a hundred percent chance there's like nothing you can yeah do to, to have any strategy at all you're basically flipping coins almost and with chess like the only random element is who goes first right right so exactly, who's yeah. black and who's who's white so that's other than that it's 100 percent strategy there's there's yeah. nothing random or chance about it uh i i was thinking yeah i was trying to think about this too like i definitely prefer games that have some luck there are there are some like chess like games that i do enjoy but i'd say i prefer most of the time games that involve some element of luck that gambling feeling there's such a payoff (laughs) such a reward Mm -hmm. it's a endorphin jump and drop in that 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 uh is definitely something i i like but there it's a hard line to walk because there's definitely points in a game where you feel that you're kind of taken out of the game or you have don't have your own volition in the game because there's too much luck. It's just gone a little bit too far on the luck side and they kind of feel like, well, what am I even do- doing here? Why am I even, what do my choices mean? Right. <laughs> because uh, it seems that things can be heavily negated regardless of what I choose based on just a card draw or a dice roll. Um, so I don't know. I definitely enjoy them. I, it's probably, if I don't know if I could put a percentage on it, but I'd say it's right, it's right around the 50-50 split. On average, I'll probably enjoy a game with a good amount of strategy, but also those luck plus. A Clank is a good example of a game like mm-hmm. that. There's a definite strategy, heavy strategy in Clank, but there is for sure luck elements of that game. Oh, yeah, like too, pulling, that is, pulling out of the bag. Yeah, the and, bag draw. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I really appreciate it in games. I prefer it to be in games, um, but I'd say an even match between luck and skill is probably the sweet spot for me as opposed to going more luck based or more straight strategy based. But I, I personally, I, I like, uh, games that have at least some element of chance like, like you. Um, and, and I particularly like it for, uh, adding variety. Sure. Yeah. In chess, you are literally just playing the exact same game. Right. Yeah. Um, you and 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 the thing that that I I think that chance really really adds to a game is the ability for different skill level players to play each other and not just get blown out every single time. Right, right. So, um, like we'll, we'll take a game like uh, uh, let's go with Pandemic. I don't know if this is on your list or not, but um, a, a game like Pandemic, you've got. Uh, You've you've got enough luck in there that uh, somebody who's never played before is still making meaningful choices and feels like they're helping out and they're they're doing what they can, whereas the the person who's played it fifty times is is still kind of also on on equal footing there. Um, with chess, you play a grandmaster plays me a hundred times. Mm-hmm. He's gonna win Destroy either ninety nine <laughs> or a hundred times. Right. Uh, Every time, almost. Yeah. Uh, the only way he wouldn't is if he made some mistake somehow or mm-hmm. another, which is by his nature wouldn't <laughs> make them. So, um, in tournament style play, I think you, I, I think minimizing luck is uh, is good for that, um, because I mean, having a tournament of like I don't know war. 
Right, where, right. <laughs> where you're just, it's completely random and you may as well just flip coins. That's, I, I don't think having a tournament for that is, uh, proves anything. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't show that you, uh, that it matters. Whereas something like, um, I don't know, uh, Sushi Go. Uh, it's random. Obviously you're going to get, you know, different hands of cards in each round and everything. So, um, but the person who has played more often and is better at it and understands the strategy, um, has an advantage, but it's not an outright, I'll win every time. Right. It might be more like they'll win 60% of the time. Um, but there's still the other person who's brand new or isn't as good or hasn't seen as many games that is still going to win some of the time, mm-hmm. uh, which, which I think is the reason we play board games. Cause it's yeah. not, I don't, I don't play, nobody wants to go play a game. They know they're going to get stomped at, right, they right. know they're going to lose every single time. Well, yeah. that's not fun. The whole reason we play games is because there's a chance you could win. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a chance you could win because somebody else screws up. Mm-hmm. It should be a chance you can win because, you know, this is just your game. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's, it's your time. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the luck of the cards or the luck of the dice or the <laughs> luck of the bag pull is with you. Right. So um, I also enjoy luck uh, less and less in uh, the longer the game gets. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have a ton of luck and a ton of chance, it should be a 10-minute game. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a game that's 90% strategy with a couple of random elements, that should that can be a three-hour game. Right, yeah. Because you, I don't want to play something for two and a half, three hours, and then win or lose it based on my ability to randomly roll dice. Right. Arkham uh, Horror LCG. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Pr- pretty much. Four hours so, of work, and then you're like, and, and no, <laughs> you're dead. Uh, yeah. So I think I think that the the longer the game, the the less uh, I think you should build in luck. And I think the shorter the game, uh, the more it will take those random elements. Sure. And I think certainly. By my list, uh, the the more random games that are on my list are do tend to be shorter games. So. Yeah, yeah. I think a big part of it too is um, how the luck is attributed. I think I was looking at my list again. I think a lot of my games, the games on my list that I enjoy, the luck in them is that you'll have the luck is presenting itself in a draw or a roll of the dice or a selection of um, actions available to you that are different each t- turn, maybe. And then you have to use the basically the luck of that draw and apply it to a strategy versus mm-hmm. applying a strategy and then rolling a dice to see if what you did actually matters. Right. More of like, so I guess the purest form of that is like Galaxy Trucker, where <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do all this, and then I'm going to roll the dice and see if what I did matters. And, <laughs> and nope, it does it not. Does. Sometimes it does. <laughs> yeah. Rare, rarely. Rarely but, it does. Yeah. But... But and uh, that game is fun, but it's very clear on that. That's what it is. The fun is just the stupidity of of yeah. that gal- trucking through the galaxy would be done this way. <laughs> no. And it doesn't take two hours to play. Exactly, it's quick. Yeah. And so so that that's I I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's a mistake in a lot of um, that you see in some games or new designs. Uh, people who are newer to design. Um, or first design games is that they they use luck in a, in more as a, a punishing way versus a um, uh, a, a strategic choice option or, or right. a like, or the punishment level is so high versus, 
uh, more of a stumbling. You have to stop and now consider something versus, well, crap, <laughs> that just completely stopped me. And there's no right. road out of here. Uh, or at least there's a huge uh, roadblock to get over before I get out of here. So I think the timing is a key thing to consider, too. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it, it does matter to how, how it's done. Uh, to your point, uh, I would rather have a game that has three random scoring cards and they're laid out and now your strategy and your game plan depends on taking advantage of those. Right. As opposed to a game like, say, Risk, mm. where, uh, which, which I know for being such a heavy, quote unquote, strategic game is literally the luckiest game that I know. Right. Uh, yeah. You can have this horde of, of pieces. You can move, you know, 50 dudes into territory defended by two. Yeah. And technically you could lose. Yeah, you could lose it. Yeah. Um, and just based on so lucky rolls and, and so it's, you, there are strategy elements uh, as far as you want to be in a position where you can kind of uh, wait out those really long uh, droughts or, right. or what have you in luck. But ultimately, it does come down uh, to luck, which I, I've it's never... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't love that aspect of it where, um, all right, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Now, if I can just roll a six on this die, I'm going to win the game. If I roll anything else, I lose. Yeah. Oh, what? wait, that's what my choice <laughs> came down to? Like, that's what yeah. I've been building up to right. is that I have to roll a six. All the preparation I'm doing? Yeah. yeah. So I, that that I do not like. But I do like the way that um, some games will bring luck in uh, or chance, I guess, more appropriately, will bring chance and randomness in uh, to give you choices. Well, or it's like way uh, Dead of Winter does it really well by using dice to gauge like you have your characters and your characters abilities the two that the actions they have to roll dice for you go into a situation knowing your odds and so mm -hmm. you 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 kind of be like all right well you're a good fighter so i probably have you fight but sometimes you might need to be searching because we're desperate for goods i'm gonna have you search and so there's less of an impact or frustration like arkham horror lcg where you kind of know your odds or you go in prepared for the worst <laughs> if you're prepared for the possibility as opposed to that where you're playing for hours and then it's like the big bad oh this is we got a uh, and then it's like it's just not going to happen right. so um i i was i've been doing a lot of rereading about dead of winter lately so it's on my mind <laughs> i was just well, thinking about that yeah, they and, do it quite well and dead of winter i think mitigates really well by giving you a big pool of dice mm -hmm. and you can apply them right. in, in any way that you want so if you uh, if you're rolling a handful of you know nine die you're probably not going to roll nine ones. Right. I yeah. mean, it's just not statistically yeah. probable at all. If you do, then I, okay, one turn, I guess, may, might get wasted. Mm -hmm. But even then, you can still use the dice to do things. Like, you can use a one to take out the trash or, you know, do something like that. You can yeah. use them in meaningful ways regardless. Um, but at the same time, you're not going to roll all sixes either. Uh, but that's why you have you know, three or four die or whatever it is per character that you have so that you, you are eventually when you've got four or five characters you're running, you have these gigantic yeah. hands of dice that you're, you're rolling out Checking. there. And that mitigates a lot of that, that luck that, that doesn't bring it down to, I have to roll this to win or I have to roll this or I lose. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, randomness is cool. Give me, give me a way to mitigate that randomness through strategy um, or give me uh, 
random options. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely with you on that. I I much prefer that kind of randomness in a game, uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, should we jump into our uh, our lists? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna go first in this one because I want I have two in my first, and I kind of want to compare how they uh, and ties well within what you're saying about short games. Mm-hmm. So um, the two that I wanted to talk about are Jump Drive, which I just recently borrowed from you and have been really enjoying. And uh, Jump Drive, if you never heard of it, is is a the um, Galaxy uh, Race for the Galaxy Light is what it's been called. Yeah, um, it basically is a slimmed, stripped down. Not I wouldn't call it because it's definitely a separate game, but it has a lot of the elements of Race and Roll for the Galaxy, um, in a card game, and it's more accessible, which is nice, especially mm-hmm. for those both games can be kind of dense to get into or intro people to, uh, and so. I uh, have been uh, really enjoying that one, but there's a lot of luck in that game in that it plays in about 15 minutes. It's very quick, but you're building these little engines based on the draw of a card. And so it, what you have available to you is uh, is really luck based on what comes off the top of the deck. Um, what I was going to compare it to was Star Realms. <clears throat> both of those games I really enjoy. There's a lot of luck in both of the games, but the difference that they mitigate how luck affects you is really interesting. So the way Star Realms does it is it has a market. So there's a market of things that you can purchase, and that is, of course, luck-based as well, what's coming off the deck, and if it gets to you in your turn and what you need is still available to you. Um, And so that mitigates it where you still feel, even though you're being affected by the luck of the game and the draw, you have agency over... Uh, specific strategy options. You have those strategy options you were talking about. You can go towards one direction or other, or if you have bad options, you at least can prioritize those bad options for your benefit. Right, and there's some, in Star Realm, so there's some stuff that's like always available. Right, too. yeah, there's always two cards, so, or the Explorers, and then you have your, scouts or your, whatever, uh, your, your Explorers are always available, and you have your base hand that is always starts off so you always can do something Mm -hmm. each turn um the way it's mitigated in jump drive is really interesting they allow you there's options allow you to burn through the the draw deck faster it's called exploring so the available card there that's always available there's only one per player allowed is um survey team and what that does is it lets you do uh a or boosts your explore action. What the explore action does is there's no marketplace to choose from, but basically the deck serves as your marketplace, your personal marketplace. Uh, it lets you draw more than the one card at a time. It lets you draw, depending on how many explore icons you have, two more than you have, and then you keep two cards. So if I had five, I'd draw seven, and then I'd add all of those to my hand, meaning, and then I could return any five cards, even cards that I previously had. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting system. And that that really allows you to really 180 any strategy you have, even cards that you've, you might have a handful of a specific strategy, but it's not great or you don't like it. Then you draw seven more cards and suddenly you're like, huh, all right, well now <laughs> I have a ton of options and right. strategy options and I have to put five back that hurts, but not nearly as much as it could. And so that's, I really like that. I thought that was really innovative. And without that, I think that would have fallen really flat. Yeah. Um, but it's a really creative way to, to uh, make that game feel more strategic than um, the than, it, than the luck, uh, just the luck of the draw type of game, which it could have easily been. Yeah. That game, Jump Drive, uh, I, I really like my one gripe, and I don't even know if it's necessarily a gripe because it's so quick. Yeah, it's very fast. Um, is, is that... It ramps up so fast right. that by the time you even realize what's happening, you're scoring like insane amounts yeah. of points, and you you the game's over. Yeah, 
um, because it's like really exponential the yeah, growth. It's, it's not like like a little bit here and a little I got bit one there. Point this round, I got ten points the next round. Yeah, twenty points. Yeah. yeah, and now I've got seventy six points, <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> how's that? How's that happen? But yeah, it it expands and just uh, it, it the engine just runs wild. Yeah, which is really cool because it really feels like you're doing something. Yeah, um, but it can be. A little less cool because right when you're really starting to get into it, it's, it's over. over. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, uh, but for for what it is, which is basically Race for the Galaxy Light, um, if you really want a game that's going to last longer, play Race for the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I found too that Jump Drive is a good way to introduce people to kind of the iconography on Race for the Galaxy because mm-hmm. that's a tough game to teach. It's really hard because it's, there's yeah. so many different icons and there's so much just there's so much meat to it that it's really tough to just sit down and play with somebody you can muddle through teaching somebody but you're not going to really neither one of you are going to enjoy playing with each other um until like your fourth or fifth game yeah absolutely. when you finally start to even understand how things work together and what this means and what that means and so uh but jump drive i think you can get right into yeah, um, it doesn't yeah, feel nearly so. as uh, I don't feel like there's nearly as much barrier barrier entry there. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I mean, the this problem with both is that it is a deck of cards and so there's no board to like reference. The benefit of roll for the galaxy is that you have these static elements of the game that you can be like, here's what's happening and what these are doing and then the variables are what's popping up. But mm-hmm. both of those games are there's a lot of options in this deck and here's a few of them, but there's so many more things to consider and how yeah. this interplay works. Let's figure it out and it's it's tough. But I did like it. I liked how quick it was and those like I agree with you that it's it's ramps up so fast that yeah. you're like, Well, and oh we're done. All right, but it also makes you want to go, I think I can do better, let's do that one more time. Right. So I definitely played it like several times in a row. So I I just really liked how they mitigated luck. That's always interesting too, with small games, finding new ways to offset um, that luck. All right. Well, um, my first one is uh, is a very very short game as well, uh, and that's Love Letter and ah, yeah. or any of its offshoots. <laughs> right. uh, I I haven't Many played children. Archer Love Letter uh, far more often than any any other. So that's kind of my my base there, and it is. Uh, there is strategy to it. It's not a hundred percent flip a coin, but it is. Um, it, there's so much luck and so much chance with the draws because you have one card, and you're drawing one card. Uh, so you really have two choices every single hand, and uh, you can get, you know, the Mallory, or who's the equivalent of the princess. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like right off the bat and then as soon as somebody makes you discard something through no fault of your own you haven't done anything wrong right uh you're out of that round yeah so you're like oh okay um it mitigates that to an extent by making it be like you know with four players it's the first one to get like you know six or seven or whatever um of the tokens uh then the rounds go really really quickly so you can kind of chalk up a couple of bad rounds to just dumb luck yeah you know oh well you uh it's it's like and each round is only like just a couple of minutes so it's not even like you're wasting very much time you're out of the round big deal Mm -hmm. Um, i'm right back in it here in about you know a minute and a half as soon as somebody else is out i'm right back in it with another round um 
but you you can draw like the weird combinations. It's like the instant loser, <laughs> like uh, like two cereals, right? Which you know you have to play one of them, <laughs> and you compare your hand to the other player, <laughs> and on the off chance all they have is a one or a two, then you win. But otherwise, you're probably gonna yeah, lose that every higher. time. Not gonna make it. Um, yeah, so. It's just, uh, it's very, very strongly luck-based. But I think that over time, over enough time, the players who who do what they're supposed to and they have played it before and they have a feel for kind of how to, you know, when's the proper time to play certain cards and, and, you know, things like that, start to read other people. I think that over time, the better player will win. But they'll win like you know six out of ten times instead of yeah you know nine <laughs> out of ten times uh so it'll be i i think that that there's um uh, that that kind of does a lot with with the way that i like shorter games uh to to be is that that random element of i'm playing this person and even though I've played this a hundred times and they've only played it twice, I'm not going to mop the floor with them. Right. Yeah. I still actually have to play through this and I may win. The odds are probably decent. You know, that's it's over 50% that I'm going to win this, but, yeah. uh, but it's by no means a guarantee. So that's love letter. Yeah. Uh, my next one is a, um, is dice masters and or couriers um games like this basically draw drawing dice from a bag and then having to roll them that's kind of a double whammy of luck where (laughs) you're drawing the ones you need and then god i hope that they roll to the face that i need them to be um i really just love the structure that structure uh there's some other similar games that aren't quite exact dice thrones kind of like has this element too where you're trying to build up that um that dice pool and then roll of course to the faces that you need it to be Mm -hmm. um but i just I, i love that i love that feeling of um, and Dice Masters specifically, and any of any of the IP of Dice Masters is pretty much the same. But you are trying to uh, purchase or recruit <clears throat> dice into your bag, so then you kind of have a concept of what's available to you, your odds of drawing those. But then, of course, when you draw them, they have more and less useful sides as the game progresses. So um, early on in the game, you might need more currency to purchase other things, and so you're hoping for those sides. And then later on in the game, you're just looking for them to be your people out in the field attacking or defending you. And so um, it's really interesting to see how that plays out. And it has a little bit of both sides of that. Uh, I'm going to roll something and have strategy options available to me and then do the best I can with them. And also I'm going to roll something and be really frustrated sometimes that I didn't get. So I'm surprised by the roll um, versus I have the roll and then can roll roll with it. Ha 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 ha. So anyway, that, that that's an up and down one. It it's not a super short game, but it is pretty fast paced, and I think especially if it's not going your way, it's going to end pretty quickly. <laughs> right. So uh, you can you can try again with a different strategy. But I just like that structure. I've, I've obviously bag builders in general have that luck element to it, and that's fun. But then adding the dice on top of that, so there's a second round of rolling for your odds rolling for good odds um, immediately after the draw is uh, I don't know there's something addictive about it so also a side note though that's definitely a game where I play playing phases like I'll play it for a little bit and then I'll get really sick of it and then I'll go away from it and I'll come back to it more than almost any other game do I get sick of it and leave it but I can always come back to it but huh. most games I can play for a while and not just get like I don't even want to talk about this game right now <laughs> but I still love it still come right. back to it 
Right. Yeah, I never got huge into Dice Masters, but uh, I've I've enjoyed it every time I played it. So. Yeah. Um. So next on my list is actually a f- kind of a longer game. Um. Not super long, but uh, not a short game. And we've talked about this one before at length, and that is Betrayal at House in the Hill. Mm, yes. Um, it is so random that uh, <laughs> for most of the game, you really don't have much in the way of any choices. It's an exploration game. Every time you walk into a, a room for the first time, you draw an omen card or a you know whatever a scenario thing and they're never good right yeah so you know something bad's going to happen that you have no say in whatsoever um and so you can't strategize you know what's the best way to do uh the best way to explore uh, i mean sincerely there's no best way to explore right. you just <laughs> yeah. do it it, yeah. it happens to you this game happens to you yeah um but the thing I, I think that makes it not uh, suck as a game, uh, at least not the first part of it uh, suck as a game, is that um, it feels like its theme. Mm-hmm. You know, you are going through this mansion and you stuff is happening to you. Right, but yeah. that's how it's supposed to be. That's the theme. Yeah. That's what yeah. you, you really legitimately feel like you're exploring a house and it's out of your hands what you're going to find there. Right. And so I I legit think that, that that fits and it works for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Broken Haunts are an entirely different <laughs> right. sort of uh, conversation. Uh, I more talking about the first half of this game, which I really, really like to play. I really, really like the first half of Betrayal. Yeah. Um, but it is there. Uh, I'd be hard pressed to find any game, at least at that stage, that's more random. Stuff just is constantly sure, yeah. happening to you. You have no control over whether you know how many uh, those dark omens or whatever you get, you know, right. whether the artifacts are good or bad. Um, there are a handful of choices, but even, even that's mostly, Hey, roll a die. Mm-hmm. If it's two, you're fine. If it's, you know, zero, then, you know, bloody hands come out right, and, right. you know, tear your limbs yeah. off. And so you lose a health huh. or whatever. I should roll the one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> bummer. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's super duper random, but I think it works for this game because of the theme and it, it kind of, if you get the right haunts, uh, it really sets up for a really cool game that you do have choices for in the second half of it so, yeah it's betrayal at house on the hill yeah yeah I, I i totally agree with that just the theme feeling very appropriate to the sort of the ambiguity the mm. <laughs> being beholden to the house what the house is doing to you yes um my next one is uh in general roll and writes but very specifically not a roll and write a flip and write uh welcome to um roll and writes of course do luck and dealing with uh the roll of the dice and turning that into a fun mechanism really well. But I think one of the best ones I've played recently is Welcome To. And that is a flip and write. It's technically not dice. It's in um, a deck of uh, cards or several decks of cards. You're flipping over and to a die face or to a card face that shows you what available actions you have. But it's a little different in the fact that you have a sense of what's coming up. You know the actions that are coming up the next turn. You just don't know exactly what uh, they're all assigned to numbers. So you don't know exactly how you can use them or if you can use them. Mm. So um, it gives you a little bit of clue, which is really interesting. But you also have this broad swath of ways to use those things in your board or many options to use the same thing on your board that um, there's a lot of strategy in it too. But once again, 
you're still beholden to the luck. So you could have the best strategy and still get uh, stymied at certain points in the game because the luck is not on your side or for some reason it's it's going the other way. Um, but it never feels like, oh, this game's stupid. It just feels like, oh, I missed this turn. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a really great design, really great art, and um, I love the take they did on roll and rights for this game. It's just such a I fun agree. game. I agree, 100%. That's welcome too. Um, so next on my list is a two-player only game. Uh, that is actually a reasonably short game, um, but it has basically all the randomness that you would find in any card game, uh, regular card game, and that is Lost Cities. So Lost Cities is uh, it has some choices as far as you know you decide when to start going on expeditions and um, and and kind of making sure that you will have enough cards to score that uh, appropriately, positively rather than negatively. Um, but the the draws are completely random. You have no idea if you're gonna you're gonna sit there and wait for, you know, the eight, mm-hmm. uh, the white eight to come out and you don't know if the other guy has it <laughs> and it's just waiting for the white seven that you have. Right, right. Um, or it may be the last card in the deck. And so, but you have to play, uh, you have to, if you're going to go on an expedition, you need to have those cards played before the deck runs out. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of, um, a ton of luck there, but the luck affects both players equally. And I think this one does a really good, Lost Cities does a very good job of um, giving you enough uh, agency and choices with that luck. Um, that you're just sometimes you're just like you know what I'm I'm gonna give up on this uh, path and I'm gonna yeah. do something else um, because that's what it's giving you and sometimes you know your path is super clear yeah you know you have a whole handful of yellows and you just start going to town <laughs> and you know you're gonna get the bonus for having seven cards I mean you're just gonna roll yeah, out yeah. Um, and then sometimes you just have a hand of midland colors. You know, a rainbow of all sorts of different, you know, fives and sevens. And you're like, well, there's nothing I can do right now. Right, right. How do I construct this? How do I uh, kind of keep an eye maybe on what other the other person is uh, is discarding? You know, see what they're doing. If you know, because there's, there's no duplicates in cards except for the hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know... If somebody else starts, you kind of know where they're starting from, what they're looking for. Um, you have safe discards once they pass that number. Uh, so I think there's there's a lot you can do, but it is it is as random a game as I can think of. Yeah, uh, it's just a whole bunch of cards in a deck, and you get what you get, <laughs> and that's pretty much uh, that's Lost Cities. Um, very random, but but a lot of good strategy, and I I could play this over and over all the time yeah uh, it, it never gets old for me um it's such a good one yeah oh, great yeah it that's such a great one i uh really enjoy the one too that definitely has that sad yeah that that gambling satisfaction <laughs> in yeah. a card game that is not for money for some reason <laughs> it's just for pretend treasure right and glory <laughs> um my next one is um alien frontiers 
And um, I uh, there's there's I don't know. I've been putting this one in, but I think it's very much geared towards a heavy part of this game is or the main focus of this game is rolling a bunch of dice and then choosing where to put them. Uh, you basically, depending on what face they roll up on, is what you can do with them or how you can use them. Um, and so you have a lot of options to uh, consider. And I really like this one. Uh, I just like how they do it. I think it's a great way of taking a very obvious luck-based system of rolling a bunch of dice and then applying them into strategic locations. And uh, it's not obvious where you should put them necessarily. You have a lot of options, so you do have to make choices. And those choices can be hard to make, but um, I really like the fact that sometimes you uh, have to choose the best of worst options. You just don't have a bad role. And so the roles can still very much affect you and how your strategy progresses. Um, but it's just enough luck. You're beholden to the luck just enough that it feels exciting. There's still an excitement to the role. It's not, well, I know I'll have every a place to put all of these um, dice every, for sure. You probably will for the most part. But whether or not you're going to put them in the best spaces or the spaces you want is what the determination is going to be on how it goes your way or not. Um, and also the way they choose to uh, use the dice to assign a certain place is interesting. Sometimes you have to have a run of things. Sometimes you have to have doubles or triples of, of a number. Some, so it's different ways to use the roll. And I really like that. So I love that system that they have. And it, like I said, just, just enough of that luck, beholden to the luck to make it feel thrilling, um, but still a really solid strategic system around it. I have never played that. Really? Oh, I thought we no. you had. I'll bring it. I, no. I love that game. Okay. They did a great reprint of it a couple years ago, and uh, I scooped it up. And I'm <laughs> All right. It's another one, though, that I really like, and I'm, I I don't think I win it that much. I Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, my next one is uh, basically, uh, you could call it Cthulhu Yahtzee, and uh, it feels like that. And there, I've had games, that's, of course, Elder Sign. Um, and Elder Sign uh, can be one game. Can, you could just cruise through it. And you're like, wow, that's the easiest yeah. game ever. Yeah, what is this? Too game? easy. And then there are games where, like, you just can't get anything you need. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not doing anything wrong per se. You just you keep trying and you keep trying, and it's just not rolling your way, and you you lose. Um, it's uh, it is it's a quick game which i like um it's not it, it's not super quick but it's not it doesn't take a long time it's what uh, 45 minutes maybe 30 45 minutes something like that mm-hmm. um and more often than not i think you just get that middle of the road game where it's not super duper easy um but and it can be a little frustrating but at the same time it's uh, you, you do have things you can do to mitigate those dice rolls and, and change faces and, you know, different powers that your characters have. And um, the powers are very, very different. Yeah. And uh, some are way better than others. Yeah. Uh, it's not real ba- well balanced in that regard. But um, but I think that I I still really enjoy it. I enjoy a lot of these Yahtzee type rethemes like Elder Sign and King of Tokyo. Sure, yeah. And, uh, there's there's a whole slew of them that don't necessarily have the same feel that Yahtzee does, but it's that Yahtzee mechanism that everybody yeah. recognizes. Classic. That yeah, that that you just the first time you play, you're like, this is familiar. Right. Um, and and I think that a lot of uh, a lot of people getting into the hobby um, 
are so used to like a monopoly or a risk or a clue or something where everything is really random. Mm -hmm. You know, Candyland. Is there more random game than Candyland? No, God, I mean, no. 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 So, um, <laughs> no, but brutal. That, that's what a lot of people getting into the, the hobby are familiar with and what they know. And they're like, okay, I just want to roll and see what happens. Where slowly you start to ease out of that, but but I like games like like this that that are uh, taking the next step, giving you strategic options, but still have that that familiarity of, oh, I'm rolling the dice and seeing what happens. Right. Yeah. Um, so it still kind of recaptures. This is what I think board games are. Right. Yeah. Um, but it it evolves for you, and I I, I feel the same way. Uh, I like Elder Sign a lot. So nice. All right, my last game is a game where uh, it is not uh, played by rolling dice. It has dice, but you are not allowed to roll them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And they look is. so good. They're so tempting. <laughs> that are. is Biblios. Yes. So Biblios is the luck, how luck applies in Biblios is, um, once again, there are dice. I almost there put this on my list. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, I was, I was going back with the two, and I'm like, oh, I just got to put it. Um, there are a set of dice there, but they are only tracking the levels of certain uh, of the colors, basically the factions, um, and that is all they're for. And they're so, oh, you want to roll them so bad, but you can't. So the way the luck comes into Biblios is that you are drawing off a deck again. However, it's an interesting system. There's two phases of it, but uh, the first phase is is really fascinating in the way that it's drawn. So basically, you, depending on how many players there are, you draw that many. If it's your turn, you draw that many cards, and then um, you uh, choose what which one you want, and then you distribute the rest. And so it's this very quick luck and luck based strategic decision. So your luck is what you're drawing off the deck, and your strategy is within a quick amount of time. Ugh, which one do I want, and which helps my strategy, or which is better for the long term? Taking one and then going around the table, and then on the other end of the game, it flips, and then you are trying to use the cards you already have to get. Um, basically the point cards of the game and just that system is really interesting the speed with which you have to make those decisions is really interesting and um, Agreed. so you have this heavy luck mechanism with or heavy luck within the game of the draws but you are able to manipulate it but your strategy it's so hard to feel like you're on the right track you always feel like off balance on that game like did always. I make the right decision oh my god they look like they're doing so much better than I am why are they so confident and um but it's a really fun feeling and it does it really really well it's such a satisfying structure and so biblios i think is a really cool way of, of mitigating and approaching a luck-based base system and then building on top of that to add really cool strategy decisions all right yeah no i i, I agree that's uh it's a great game uh so my number one uh, as far as uh luck-based games is uh one we have played a lot, and that is Space Base. Ah, yes. <laughs> Space Base, uh, by definition, is luck. You're yeah. just rolling dice <laughs> every single turn. Um, you can you can sort of base your strategies on probability, and that may work, or it weirdly may not, mm -hmm. like in Catan, yeah. you know, where you're on the seven, but it yeah. never, Odds ever are rolls. Ridiculous. This should happen. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you can, I, I've, I've had people just stockpile on 11, and every time somebody hits 11, which is very rare, but they get like a million things. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, well, all they have to do <laughs> is roll it twice and this game's over. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really, really, uh, it 
is the definition of luck-based. Uh, but it still stays engaging at the same time. You feel like you have a chance, like you always have a chance, and you f- it feels like um, you have control over whether you win or lose. You mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> very much. I mean, you you have control over the probabilities. Right. You have control over uh, how heavily you invest in certain numbers. Um, but you have no control over right. ultimately whether you win or lose. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like this random, like, war game. No. You know, it doesn't. It just, it, it constantly keeps you engaged. And uh, it, I don't know, it does what it does extremely well. And um, just in concept, it should be more random than I like. Uh, but in practice, it, it really isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at least it doesn't feel like it. So yeah, I agree. It feels better than it is. Like it feels more, you have way more direction and strategy than you actually, actually do. Have. Yeah, because if you break it down, you, you do don't. really don't. <laughs> no. I mean, you can, you can, you can heavily invest in one thing or another it's but kinda it's kind of like a slot machine as a video game in that luck sense you you're not in control at all but it right. feels like you're kind of you're pulling that lever and you're yeah it's just fun to pull the lever yeah <laughs> yeah um so and that uh that is space base my number one there we go well you guys are all set for saint patrick's day and um i wonder if anyone's done a study about the odds of luck um, probably with luck, but I don't know if any luck in board games playing on St. Patrick's Day, if it's good, better, or worse, or it's how p- alcohol affects that. <laughs> probably better for somebody and less good for somebody else because there's always a winner and a Evens loser. Evens it out yes. as usual. Yes. So, well, either way, you guys have got some options, and we'd love to hear about your uh, your lucky uh, your games that you or how luck affects games that you like or really rubs you the wrong way. Uh, in certain games, it is interesting the line for certain people where it is. Like I think um, we have people in our group that I I know really don't like luck games. They do, like the mm-hmm. luck just oh man, luck in a game can really f- ruin it for them. And yeah. then people who it's really the Euro players, yeah, exactly, yeah, people who mm-hmm. are really uh, really revel in it and enjoy it, and it's uh, can can be okay with uh, being stymied at the end of a game potentially. Uh, but anyway, we'd love to hear what you guys think and your thoughts on luck in general in games. And to do that, of course, you can let us know over uh, Twitter and Instagram at Roasted Games One. You can go to our Facebook page, Roasted Games. You can go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Roasted Game page and fill out our comment form there. There's a lot of options, and uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So thanks for listening, and we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye.